Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this afternoon, a time that we can get together and continuing looking at the learning styles that we have and how that impacts how we teach and interact with the kids in our clubs. Just lead and guide us, Lord. Amen. Okay, so you were given this funky little learning styles questionnaire. This is not necessarily the most inclusive learning styles questionnaire. It's just something fun that I thought I could pull up to have you do. You guys have been sitting here having people preach at you or talk at you a lot, and you need to... It's funny, we talk about learning styles, but then what do we do with you when we talk to you about learning styles? We lecture to you. How many of you would be that auditory person who really just kind of totally functions on the learning style of auditory? Any of you, which would be um, kind of section number two, would be your high score? Any of you? It was my high score, but only by two. But only by two. I'm like 22, 24, 22, so it's like, well, I'm pretty well-rounded. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you better, I need a lot of information to learn. That's... <laughs> 70, 70, 70. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So anyway, the idea here is just for you to kind of begin taking a look at what is the learning style that you have to understand your own learning style, and then figuring out, because understand that your learning style is not necessarily going to be your kids' learning styles, and the thing is you're going to have such a multiple range of learning styles when you're teaching an honor or doing your IA class that how do you keep everybody engaged? So why don't we just talk a couple moments about how do you keep kids either in an honor or in IA when they're having to do all this writing and responding, how do you keep them engaged? Okay, creative ways of doing it. So like for having to do their journaling, if they want to draw a picture of how reading the Bible passage makes them feel or what they see when they read that Bible passage versus writing out a journal. Okay. All right. Any others? I think one real important thing is to have an interest and enthusiasm as a teacher. Okay. So that it's important. Let me repeat for the people who might be hearing this recording later. You said that it's allowing them to draw pictures instead of writing. More or whatever, prefer, and um, you're saying that, I'm sorry, your thought just left my mind. Um, having an enthusiastic oh, teacher. Correct. Okay. With, with IA, I, I tend to give all three options. You can write it, you can draw a picture, you can tell me, and I'll write it. Okay. So all right. How many That's kids? A lot of kids struggle with the actual writing aspect. They do, yeah. I would say to kind of not spend, not focus, like just have like um, five or ten minutes for each, so they're not getting like bored with it, and then come back to it for the next week or something like that. Right, but do you ever feel that pressure of that timeline of getting the stuff done? So how do you balance getting the stuff done, but giving allowing for, you know? shorter periods of time maybe of doing things. Do you have any ideas or solutions? Well, instead of spending 20 minutes doing it of your hour, you can spend 10 and then you can come to the end and spend another 10. So it just breaks it up. Okay. So it just doesn't get, it's not so monotonous. Right. Now, I as a leader would struggle with that. Luckily, right now I'm not having to teach IA classes because I've got enough staff to do that for me. Because I'm such a, I'm like, okay, let's go get it done, move on. But let's, I don't want to have to come back to it. But I have to be cognizant. I'm like that in most things. I yeah, but I have to be cognizant of what this, the kids need. We've got, thinking, three or four kids right now who um, have some learning challenges. It's getting more and so trying to meet those needs has proved to be challenging and interesting all at the same time. That's how I got to the verbalizing option, because I didn't want them to be singled out with an ability to write it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Carla? I'm trying to search when, okay, suppose you would send it home for them to do, and it would maybe come back. Do you find that, that's looking for from kids, but do you find that they usually write the same things on the DVD? Like it says, it says what you journal, but each page is like, um, Jesus loves, you know, the same, they, you know, they don't give any thought. It's obvious you haven't thought about this. Well, so Carla's saying is that, you know, what, how do you deal with the challenge of when you send something home for the kids to do, and it comes back and everything has the same answer? Basically. Yeah, like, does anybody have any of those? How many of you actually send work home? For the kids to do, you correct. It doesn't normally come back. Yeah. We had to do right to a butterfly book, but it took. We only had to do one for my four kids, and it was sent. It was homework for us to do, and it took a long time for us. We finally got it back to our messenger. We gave it back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So much. I don't myself to teach, but my children bring things home. I make You're the parent we all want, because if you make your kids to do it, you're the parent we want, because we've got parents, well, they're like, well, my kids got their regular schoolwork, or they've got this, or they've got... I have, I have two kids in my club that I think every possible after-school activity that they can be in, their parents have put them in. And I think to myself, why? Because they're just caught, I mean, in the winter, well, let me see, in the summer, it's um, softball and soccer and, well, no, that's more of the wintertime one. Um, and then there's, you know, so, and then wintertime, there's basketball and hockey and fall, there's football. I mean, seriously, every single possible after school sports and yeah and then let's add that on top of it as well and then they come to me and say I don't understand why my kid doesn't get their um, why they didn't get invested this year and you know why is that and when I had the teacher go over with me what these two kids were missing I'm like that's like 85% of it, what's required. So, you know, there's these challenges that we face and we have to figure out how we're going to grapple with them. So that's, that's what I was um, trying to teach yesterday when I mentioned that, you know, I found, you know, my kids again, and we said, well, no pushing us to do that, but, you know, even if you don't do it, you still get invested. Yep. And I said, I am frustrated because I said, if I told your teacher, right. you don't do this, I'm not going to invest you. Right. I don't need to know whatever the point is going to say. I'm telling them, you know what? This is what the work is required. And if you don't do it, you don't get the honor. Right. Because I do teach some uh, else, not that kind of, but when the kids come, they don't have the work done. I feel like it's unfair to them to give them, you know, a reward for a work not completed. Right. So you know that is a challenge that we that it, that we're facing is having you know how do we have a, a solid standard across the club when it comes to what the expectation is of what gets done. You know. Everything in the book, does it 75 or 80 percent of the book, of the journal that they have to do? Um, so these are things that we have to, have to kind of really grapple with because this is what this one mother told me. Because she says, well, last year they didn't complete their readings and they still got invested. I went, oh, goodness, no, I didn't want to hear that because I've had the same teacher in that class for two years and that means that i got to go have a chit-chat. And that teacher, in fact, this last investiture, had told us that all of his kids in his class had earned the advanced. Mm -hmm. And we're putting together the packets for investiture, 
And I said to my secret the secretary of the club and who orders all my patches, and I says, wait a minute. I says, I know for sure for this for the companion class, for to get the advance, you have to do the cultural diversity honor. Absolutely know that 100 percent sure. I said, did they do the cultural diversity honor? She looked in her books and said, no. I said, pull the advanced bar for everyone. Now, this year, we've also added an incentive. If you did the advanced work, you get to go on a bowling party with us. And they have till actually the end of this month to complete that before we go bowling. And believe me, we have a really small number this year. But they're going to come back and they're going to tell everybody what a great time they have because every time we have a party and Miss Marsh is in charge, it's a party. it is a party. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just kind of some ways that can be done to help combat some of those things. I was going to say, sometimes doing group activities or when you're going out, like we took our kids out, we were doing um, home visits and stuff, and we did the Christian uh, visitation on the way mm -hmm. by doing that. So I think it was hands-on practical application. Right. Absolutely. In, in my opinion, if you can come up with even a way to do more than one thing at one time, Take advantage and do so, just like you pointed out, because that makes the most of your time. And if the parents see that you're working hard to make it so they don't have to, you don't have to send them home with homework, the parents may become more willing to say, oh, well, okay, I'll agree to this extra meeting. And that's what we tell them. Because normally I hadn't been big on meeting on Sabbath, just because I like to go home and have lay activities in my own way. Uh, <laughs> as my husband says, a hike to the water spring or the bed springs or something like that. But um, so, but I have gone to doing some Sabbath meetings and I was beginning to hear a little bit of rumbling from parents. I says, okay, if you can promise me that every time we send home stuff that they need to do, that it will come back completed, I have no problem getting rid of the one meeting on Sabbath. You know what? All of a sudden, they have no problem with that Sabbath meeting. Because they know they don't have the time to do it. That is correct. Well, actually, we do them in such a way in our church. Because I go to Stevensville, and the majority of us who go to Stevensville do not live in Stevensville. <laughs> we all live in the greater Barrier Springs area. Most of us live like... 85 to 90 percent of us live in the Greater Barrier Springs area, and so we all travel at least 20 minutes or more to get to church. And I can tell you, we have potluck, and then there's meeting. And actually, the parents are getting so they stay there and they visit. And so I think that it's kind of a dual purpose thing, and it, but it's it's very effective. Somebody else going to say something because then I want to get us moving on. Sure, go ahead. Because um, as we talk about this, I'm just thinking about this past year, we had two children that were struggling with completing the high requirements. And they were just, there was this staff meeting, we're talking about, well, they're not gonna uh, get invested. That, that's just it. And uh, as I look at the kids, it's like, well, these kids don't even come to church. We're asking them to have devotion all the time and to write down all these things, but the parents are not Adventists. They don't come to church. We're expecting them to do things that they don't even know how to do. Right. So when, when I look at this, it's like, you know, we are the one as leaders failing here. It's not the kids. We right. should be doing it with them and teaching them how to do this. Thing. So I think some of, the, some of the time it's not that we should be sending them home as a homework to do, but how do we identify these individuals, these kids that if you send right. home, they won't get it done? Right. So um, just to re reiterate for the people who might be listening to this audio recording would be the fact that you have ch kids in your club who don't, your, their families don't even come to church. And so how do you expect them to go home and do the devotional readings anyway when that's not being modeled at home? Do you guys have worship at the beginning of your Pathfinder meeting? Sure. Do you do unit time? 
Okay. Of course. So this is what okay. So this is what I've gone to do, and I'm not saying I have the answers. I think that this is a time to share with each other to come up with some ideas as to how you handle different things. So what, what I just what I've started doing is that our club meeting we start on Sunday mornings, um, and we start at 9:30. First five minutes are our pledge in law and those kinds of things, and we have all the um, kids are in their units. And they're in units, so like I had, um, let me think, I had five boy units this last year and uh, three girl units, because I had my ratio of guys and girls. So it was just class, it was class and gender? It was, no, it was just gender. Units are just gender. Um, I, so in, in a group, a unit are going to be boy, boys of varying ages. And I have a TLT leading that. And um, so for the last two years during that unit time, and that unit time is 15 to 20 minutes, they actually, for the last two years, worked on an honor. The first year was, um, oh, what was, I forget what, the first year was the judges of the Bible, and the second year was the patriarchs, two of the newer honors that are out. Well, this year, I'm going to move it to they're going to be doing their readings in their unit time. And so they the, to kind of begin getting them doing that. And then I have the TLTs lead them in a prayer time at the end as well. So that's just one way of how I've begun working on kind of addressing some of these issues as to how to get stuff done. The other thing is that I have two staff members who, a newly married couple last year, they go to potlucks every Sabbath, because we have potluck every Sabbath for visitors and anybody can come and bring their food. But they have told all the Pathfinders, and we've made an announcement to the families, have your Pathfinder bring their IA book on Sabbath, stay for potluck, and during potluck and after, this couple is going to be in this space over here, and they're going to help your kids. And that's, they've been one, they've been willing to do this and I've been grateful for that. And if they ever leave, I don't know what I would do. But, you know, some other people might need to step up and help out with that as well. But that's just really awesome. They're willing to give of themselves and, and to have that availability. It's, right. right. But it's getting a group taken care of. You know, and so then it is. I think that this is a conversation that we have to have with our staff if you've got families like that is that what are we going to do to help them out? Do we change up what happens a little bit in IA? Um, my sister is a director of a club in Pennsylvania, which, uh, let me see, she's got 12 kids, and two of them are regular attending church members. Okay? She honestly doesn't invest anybody. That's not her focus. And so we have to maybe ask ourselves, I feel that there's an importance in the Bible readings, but can we come up with other ways? Can we provide the kids with an MP3 player that's got the Bible readings on them, and all they have to do is listen to them? That's one of the things we have gone to doing for a couple of our boys who don't read. Phone apps as well. Yeah. Going up to yep. Sabo. Oh yeah. So it's just a way of being kind of creative and learning how to be creative and doing this. I need us to move on. So just a couple more comments. No, the one I would Right. Now, they, there needs to be a level of involvement and of doing things. Um, we're actually in our club discussing, do we expect 100% of the IA book done? 
are we saying that it has to, all the honors have to be done in like maybe 80, 85% of the readings? We're talking about that. Um, Pardon? <laughs> How much do we have to complete to become to get master, master guide? guide. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. But see, this would be for like the kids that are in friend and companion. And every level you go up, that percentage needs to go up with that. That is correct. Like I had TLTs ask me this year, well, why don't we get a good conduct medal anymore? Because your good conducts only go for your first four levels. You only get a star for up till um, Ranger. After Ranger, you no longer get a gold star for your conduct bar. I go, because it's just expected. <laughs> oh, I says, listen, you see that braid on your shoulder? You don't have good conduct? I'm taking your braid. Oh. <laughs> okay, Julie, one more, and then we're moving on. We do. Yep. If you're in the um, in our club, if you're in um, PBE, yeah, um, that takes care of a lot of things right there when it comes to those readings because they're studying hard for PBE. All right, I'm going to move us on. I know there's so much. Yep. Oh, but they have to reach. They have to. They have to reach conference level. Second one. So they have to pass area, which is pretty much everybody passes area. Pretty much. I say pretty much, not every time. All right, let's move on. Okay, in your handout. I think on the back of the first page or the second page, because some of you received just single-sided papers. <laughs> there is um, what's called the CPR technique. This is not cardiac, pulmonary, re resuscitation. <laughs> CPR, the C stands for content. So this is where we're back to talking about learning styles and how do we get learning across. So content, this is where the information that is transferred to the learner. So you're the teacher, so the content is the information you're giving to the kids. Now, how many of you, when you're teaching in honor, go to wiki page or wiki books and you just copy the answers? You make your kids write all the answers? <laughs> Okay, let me give you some, a suggestion. Because I, how much time do you spend spelling? Okay, what we've gone to, to doing is that I require all of the people who teach honors to create a worksheet for the honor. And that worksheet, yes, I go to Wikibooks Wiki and I copy all the answers. But what I will do, some of the places, I will then just take out some of the key words. And then I will make um, a, like a, a directory or a, a glossary. Thank you, the word was not coming out. I would just create a glossary. And so that way, when they get the correct one, you know, when they say, okay, it's this one, they know where to, how to spell it. It's right on their sheet. Or I will make the answers, or I will make it like a multiple um, choice or even a matching that they have to do. That way they're not having to write, 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 write. I have one boy, he was in Friends this year. His first couple weeks of coming to Pathfinders, he was leaving and I found out later, he was crying all the way home because he doesn't write well and he doesn't spell well. 10 years old, struggles a little bit. 
So, and plus he was so embarrassed to have his dad or mom sit in the class and they were willing to sit there and help him out. So this really solidified in my brain the importance of doing this. And he improved by like 80 to 90% over the year in his spelling alone, in his confidence in getting their answers correct by doing that. So no, I still use wiki books. I think that's an awesome resource, but it's how I create that worksheet because we were finding that if they're writing all of that, we were spending so much time. We go, it happens during the class. So there's the teacher is talking to them about a certain honor, you know, and they're going over the things. Um, for instance, duct tape, we did this last year. Duct tape's very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> um, that, so there's three things that make up duct tape. You have your adhesive, your fabric backing, and the coating. And um, so instead of having them, so though that one there actually, I made them write those out. But then when it came to the history, I just had the key points that they would go in and fill in dates as we were going along or other information that I was teaching them. So that's just something. And then we have in our possession, they put their name on it, it's filled out. We know who to order honors for. That's turned in, that is correct. Actually, the teacher has to sign off of it to make sure that they have finished the, like, the project or activity that they've had to do. So like with duct tape, we're waiting for them to finish their boats before we sign off on them. So. Oh no, they, they have to float it. Yes, Carla. Not yet. <laughs> Carla, talk to me later. I have to decide. I'm actually working with one of my kids of uh, creating another honor. Okay. No, I wrote the duct tape honor. That's why it's so near and dear to my heart. <laughs> yes, it's pretty cool. It's fun writing an honor. Yes. Oh, well, that's a whole other problem I can't help you with. <laughs> All right, so that's content. The second one is participation. Participation is where you need to have the kids actively doing something so that they're not just sitting here listening like you all are listening to us today. Ugh. All right, and then the revisit, you need to have them respond in a way of which it's their own words. Len, is it Len, right? Like you were saying that you allow them to give you an, an audible report. That's them re-saying it in their own way. Okay, so I now want you to take 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Think of an honor that you would like to teach. If you need me, we can pull up, or I, we can just assign you honors. But I would like you to just kind of do a quick little lesson plan as to how you would apply the CPR technique. What would you do for content? What would you do then for participation? What would you do to revisit it for teaching and honor? You can do it how you're going to teach origami. There you go, Julie. You're teaching her origami. <laughs> So think of an honor that you would like to teach, and let's go ahead and do the practical application of doing the CPR technique. Okay, does anybody want to talk about, shall we just kind of talk through your honor and see what you would like to do? Okay, what do you have, Len? I, uh, our plastics honor, if you look at, is, um, must have written in the 60s. The what honor? The plastics honor. Plastics? There's a plastics honor, and it was written in the 60s with materials that kids are no longer supposed to touch. <laughs> <laughs> things that we have since found out are carcinogenous and, and dangerous for them to handle, so it's one that I'd like to fix. And it's just plastics? Yeah, it's just plastics. 
It's also the materials that are available now are very expensive because now they are there are safe options and they're super expensive. It's kind of like a sixty dollar honor if you want to do a purpose. It's brutal as written. So it's plastic embedding. It's plastics. That that is some of the experiments you have to do. It is it's focused on embedding an item like sealing. It seems like the the spider in the clear bubble. Yeah, oh, it's it's really focused on yeah. bubble materials. I think I just, I think I, it was made in 1961. There you go. It's old. Oh, yeah, I can see why. So I'm working on rewriting it. Awesome. And modernizing it and focusing more on recycle codes and the importance of plastic and values of plastics and the difference between thermoset and thermoplastic. And so for content, we would go over those things, videos of, of things happening. They love watching Legos get made. Their favorite plastic product that there is, and finding out, you know, how that happened. And you know, when you say that, showing a video, a short video, as a way of distributing content, is very useful. It is very effective. Um, for the duct tape one, there's a two videos that are two that I really kind of go to, and one is um, a tour of the factory in Ohio a short tour that they go through all of that and how duct tape is made. And another one is a clip either off the Red and Green show coming out of Canada or Mythbusters. Oh, yes. Yeah. So the kids really like that. So very good, Len. Okay, go on. So then, and then you kind of focus on the main components, which is the material, heat, right. and a mold. Okay, yes. So then, and then in, in the participation uh, stage of it, basically, a glue gun is a tiny little plastic injection molding machine. Yes. And, and they're cheap and easy to get, and there's glow in the dark glue, and there's glitter glue, and, you, and the silicone molds you know that they have for gummies and ice cubes and stuff work perfectly for that. So they make oh. their own parts and make their own shapes, and they get to pick what they're doing and colors and those kinds of things. And then while they're doing it, they learn because I'm telling them go slow, make sure it's melted so that it all flows together, and they're not hearing all that, right? And they get excited, and they're squeezing like crazy, and then their parts don't come out so great. So then the revisit part is, how could it have been better? What did you learn while you were doing it? How do you make something that looks more like the Lego guy you had in mind? And then... That is really awesome. Next time you do that, if you could video record that, that would be great. Okay. I did it at the pilot program. Oh, that's just awesome. That's awesome. I really like that. And, and that is so true. That is so true when it comes to these honors. Many of them are very old. And you go to look at them and you're like, especially the computer one, I think they talk about a floppy disk. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so... And so there's this, you know, how do we keep these honors fresh? And so it is, it is, and I love that idea. I love what you're doing with that. We did, it, we did the original in Grand Rapids before Oshkosh 09, and everybody wanted to do it because nobody knew what it was. And when we got there, it was like, what's that? And it, it got them a lot of attention. So digging up these old ones and modernizing them. That's another thing I'll talk to Tracy about. We were moving and I was getting things out and I pulled out you know, three and a half from college sitting on my desk. My nephew comes over, he's, he was a senior here at the time, and he says, oh cool, you 3D printed the save button. <laughs> that was his only concept of that shape is it's the save button. Oh. It's made to look like a three and a half inch floppy. Oh. I know. Um, yeah. What are kids? <laughs> okay. Does anybody else do an? Uh, would like to talk about what they honor they chose and what they would do? Anybody? Would you do you have one? Not really. I just I'm not really familiar with a lot of the honors. Okay. I was kind of looking at the first eight honors. Oh, absolutely. Yes. When you teach the first aid honor, you have a lot of the supplies there, split them up into groups, and allow them to practice. To practice. Absolutely. We brought, we are, when we did our first aid honor this year, um, one of my staff members, 
her mom lives on the other side of Chicago and she comes over a lot and she's a nurse. And what they did before they went through this, they, pardon? Oh, no, they're not. Um, but what they did is they set up a scenario in our kitchen and they had some injuries happen in the kitchen and they heard this scream and all the kids were supposed to go into the kitchen and see what had happened. It was so realistic that I, we had one of the adventure kids, because it was a non-adventure day, she was there because her brother and her dad are in Pathfinders, and she stepped into that kitchen first. And she saw that, and she busted out crying. And we're like, oh, it's all right, Aurora. It's all right. It's not going to be a problem. <laughs> and so we had to calm her down. <laughs> So it was, we felt so bad for her because she's got such a big heart and for her, anybody to hurt, this little girl's breaks down and cries on me. So, yeah. Um, so you kind of have to watch some of those. <laughs> <laughs> we had like a little makeup and like, yeah. really, you know, for somebody that was hypothermic, we like put baby powder on their, well, yeah. cornstarch on their face. Yeah. And then like took some blue mascara and put it on their lips. So. Yeah. That's so, I mean, these are, idea to make it more right. Yeah. Or, this side. Yes. Right. But to be honest with you, first aid is first aid. Right. right. Some things will change. Put on your gloves. <laughs> right. So, I mean, the, yeah. So there's a lot of fun ways of which you can do a first aid honor. And the more that it is taught by a person who works in the medical field, the kids have a, a huge level of respect for those people. They really do. And we saw that because I thought, oh, no, these kids are going to give this lady a hard time. No, they had more respect for her. They just really respected what she was, you know, what she was there doing. Julie, did you have your hand up for something? Yeah, like for a first aid, it has changed enough that what's written in the honor is not actually taught for a first aid. If you go to a basic first aid, I'm not sure actually Right. 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 But the, the concept here with a lot of these things in first aid is that what do you do when you're out in the woods? Right. Yeah. 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 And well, you're... Well, about eight bodies and... well, there's a fantastic program that is out right now that a lot of your ER nurses are qualified to teach called Stop the Bleed. Stop the Bleed? It's a fantastic program. Okay. They go through how to stop bleeds. They talk about tourniquets. They talk about, you know, um, body fluid safety. Okay. Awesome. All right. Another honor. Did somebody have another honor? Can you kind of walk through the, uh, uh, the basic sewing honor? What should be covered? And then on Right. The revisit. Oh. Yeah. So, to me, a lot of the craft honors has that participation part that are much easier to do than if you get some of the others that aren't as much um, that way. Let me see here. Like some of these health and science ones. Okay, we've got one called um, Blood and the Body Defenses. Okay, so... You get permission from the parents, and you can poke the kids. Mm -hmm. It's just a little tiny finger. Prick. It's just a finger prick. Yeah. Yes. 
Yep. And actually, it's very interesting to tap into your resources within your own club. Because um, when we're talking about some of these things, like when you even mentioned the diabetes, we actually have a kid who's got um, a pretty difficult to manage diabetes. It's really, it's a struggle for the family, for him and his parents. And um, I mean, they, he can fluctuate faster. And I've been around a lot of people with diabetes, type one and type two that I have never seen one fluctuate like his does. And they, they go to, on all of our camping trips with us. His dad goes up to TSO so he can go. And they're just always having to monitor him. And I was talking to the parents recently, and they're like, we are so jealous of families, of parents who can send their kids because we can't do that. So. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, so how do you deal with those honors that basically are more what I would deem to be lecture than they are participatory? Skits. Yeah. Okay, skits would be a good way to do those. Right. Correct. Yes. Um, playing games with them is a really big way to get them to participate and to get that to solidify better in their brain. Um, having a, like a little rubber ball or foam ball, like a Nerf ball, and if you have a group of kids and you're going through something, and even do this in your IA classes, and you want somebody to answer, you just toss the, that person the ball. Or because you keep some on their toes. The other thing is, is that I've been known to take a hat. I've got this really funky looking hat. And I'll put all the kids' names in it. And I'll ask a question. And I'll draw a name out of the hat. And whoever's name I draw has to answer that question. And I don't then say they're done answering. I put that name back in the hat. So it's always in the hat. So somebody, this one time, I pulled this guy's name out three times. I thought the third time he was going to cry on me. It's like, Miss Marsha, do I really need to answer? <laughs> like, dude, yep, there you go. And he did. And it's just like once they kind of understand that that's the expectation, they're more apt to be engaged in those things. Yep. All right. Um, we have like five minutes left, and I really think if there's no more information on honors, I want to, I was talking to Pastor Craig before doing this, and I said, Pastor Craig, what Dave talks about, this talking about the session before, and what I'm doing are, seems so similar, and I felt like I didn't want you guys to all have to go through the same thing again. But um, Pastor Craig and I talked briefly, and one of the things that we feel is important that we don't maybe talk about or we need help as directors and stuff, is what do you do with discipline? <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> it's there. We have to discipline somehow. So this was um, a website that I pulled up. I, I'd have to find that again. But anyway, so they feel that this... They gave these options here as things to do to help with discipline in your church club. So one, the first one was use proper titles. And what they meant was by, you know, addressing people as Mr. or Mrs. or Dr. or so-and-so. Now, if people address me as Mrs. Beale, I think you're talking about my mother-in-law. I... I did, my last name is Beale, but I don't like getting mail that says Mrs. John Beale on it because it, it takes out my name and I have a name and I like my name. <laughs> so um, I've actually gone to having the kids call me Miss Marsha. And that's how a lot, now what we do at the beginning of the year all the staff members stand up in front of the kids and they tell the kids how they want to be addressed. 
And it's really interesting to realize how quickly the kids catch on to that. And they do address us by that. So that's kind of our first. So it's more than just, I was uncomfortable with them just calling me Marsha, but having that Ms. Marsha or Ms. Marsha in front of it gave that level of something. Yes? We go to, we have, we had one last year and I'll have another one this year. And so they're the younger ones. Um, we do encourage them to call them um, Miss or Mr. Like for instance, Kyle, a guy by the name of Kyle was my one last year. And his brother and sister are in my club. Oh, no. <laughs> and so it's you, but the kids know that they should be calling him Mr. Kyle because of his level. Now, do we forget frequently? Yes. Do I forget that he's no longer a Pathfinder sometimes, but a regular staff member? Yes. So it's, it's all a learning process, but yeah. All right, um, offer incentives. So if the kids do something, or you need them to do something, offer some sort of incentive that if they get it done in a period of time, that they maybe, because I don't know, we go for like three and a half hours every other Sunday morning. And um, so we have a time in there where I just allow the kids to go outside and run. You know, get off some of those energies. Yell, I don't care. Um, so I, I'll tell them, okay, if you do this and it's done in an appropriate time, then you get five extra minutes outside. Or I've been known to go buy uh, fruit pops, frozen fruit pops, especially in the warmer months, and say, you know what, if you guys all behave today or you get this done today, then you will get this at the end of the meeting. We did the warm and fuzzies last year. Yeah. Did everybody get one? No. No, just the, the smaller club was like four girls. Right. You would have to come up with different incentives. Yeah, because that's like, yeah, no. Right. Um, no, they all didn't get them. Some were disappointed, but they had an understanding as to my expectation, what I was looking for. Yeah. We have four families, but there's ten kids. I mean, it's a pretty decent size yeah. for being the small church that we are. Um, they don't know ahead of time that there's like an incentive at the end, but if they're caught, like, um, you know, they're participating and mm. following directions and stuff, and then they get pulled away at the end and said, hey, you were, and then they end up getting like a piece of candy or something. Right. So, How much? In our smaller club that works, yes. we know like there's no food allergies. Everybody's okay right. if their kid has. Snickers bar, you know, what right. snacks. In a bigger club when you don't know that. Oh, but we do. We do. But I know a lot of parents are more strict. Yeah. Kids, no. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I will spend money on the outshine bars because they're for fruit. <laughs> and and my, my, my families know that. And they know that I'm very careful. Um, my kids would rather have a candy bar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, I was going to say something regarding, oh, that just kind of, oh, how many of you do Pathfinder of the Year in your club? So Pathfinder of the Year? Okay, well, we just say that there's two. And some years, because I've got more boys than girls in my club, I think this year we're probably, this, for this last year, we're probably going to give two boys Pathfinder of the Year. So we don't necessarily say a boy and a girl. Um, and the kids are aware, because every now and then we keep talking about the Pathfinder of the Year. And what we have a staff member that him and his wife donate these. They have by them Leathermans. Do you know what a Leatherman is? A multi purpose tool that with a little carry thing, and it's engraved. And it says their name and Pathfinder of the Year and which year it was. 
This year, we're going to add to it and also give them um, a badge that they're going to pin to their sash that will say Pathfinder of the Year and what year it was. And those only cost like $6 or something. So there's little things that you can do, but the kids begin to know. And we don't announce that Pathfinder of the Year to the following induction. So they have to wait. So what they do, so like for instance, we started last August and we will do an induction this August. And at that induction, we'll do Pathfinder of the Year. Because we tell them it's not just what you do in the Pathfinder Club, it's also what we observe at church or other places. And so we actually, I actually will go to some of these, like the kids that are in public school. I've gone to football games, I've gone to baseball games, I've gone to band concerts, just so I can observe them in their environments, to touch on those that don't go to church school, or to be at church, even. Yes, Len? It was already establishing right now, but I took over about a week. It was just a certificate, and then I got a bunch of pins that are gold with the number sign in one, uh -huh. and then they are allowed to wear it on their Saturday. Yeah. And the kids really eat this up. And they, they, there is speculation as to who's going to get it. And then when the deputy director and I are up front getting ready to announce it, you can really literally see the kids sit up on the edge of their seats, lean forward. And then we've been known to kind of drag it along just a few minutes to keep them wondering. <laughs> and then when we do announce it, sometimes you will see... Like last year, the guy, the one boy who got it was literally shocked. He just was like, had no clue it was coming. And then the girl who got it last year, um, you could see the heads nodding as to, oh, yeah, that was, we really expected that. But we make it very clear what our expectations are. And we announce it at induction time so that anybody coming, and that's why we do it at induction time, so that it's brand new and, or, and the kids know, and the parents know what we're doing. Well, we are out of time, way out of time. I could talk to you about Pathfinder things for a long time. So anyway, um, just if you look up discipline, there's all kinds of great ideas of things that you can do, but kind of going along with things that I said yesterday about using the calmness, conflict management styles, or conflict management skills will be very important to how you do discipline. All right, let's bow our heads one more time. Dear, kind, gracious Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for being here with us today. I pray that you will be with these leaders as they go out and um, assist young men and women in getting to know you more. Lord, may they see you shining through us. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.